What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 175 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by star of the porn parody Cockwaman and the Lost Ding Dong, uh, where he plays the villainous Brown Manta. <laughs> the phenomenal AJ Singh. AJ, how's it going? How's it going? Um, so, if you couldn't guess, uh, this is going to be our review of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, and you're probably saying to yourself, hey, that came out last week. Why would we watch this? And I say, because, dummies, we're going to have fun tearing this movie to pieces. <laughs> and also, I think there's certain parts of the country where it didn't come out till this week, like Australia or something. So our Australian listeners, man, this is fresh off off the presses here. Um, so, AJ, as we always do, uh, first we're going to do our, our non-spoiler section where we just kind of give our top-level thoughts and whether we think people should see this movie in theaters, uh, wait for streaming, or not watch it at all. And then we will get into, I, I, I think we're the only YouTube channel that's going to analyze this movie <laughs> in as, as much depth. Uh, like, if any other YouTube channel like goes over this movie with the fine comb, or the, the fine tooth comb that we do, I would be surprised. But that's what we right. bring you here. At the stand up, yeah. guys. Um, so, yeah, AJ, I'll start with you. Top level thoughts on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, look, I mean, last movie we watched was the Marvels. Um, I, I'll compare this. Uh, I think I thought this was better. Um, I did too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked, uh, there, there, there's some emotional investment in this movie, unlike that movie. Um, there's a sibling story too, which is fun to watch a little bit, you know. So uh, overall, I think it was it was it was a decent movie. You know, it wasn't it was nothing right home about, but it was it was pretty good. Um, I wouldn't go see it in the theaters. You know, if it came out on streaming, I'd check it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a bad watch. So your recommendation is more wait for streaming. Yeah, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you, but yeah, I will say I think I liked it more than the Marvels. I think it's still a bad movie, and my problem with it is basically the same as Aquaman one, which is. I think the plot and the characters are razor thin to me. I, I think there's they just provide enough structure to go from like mindless action scene to mindless action scene. Yeah. And to me, it, the, the movie becomes tiring after a while. And I thought the same with the first Aquaman. Uh, I, I can see that. So I, I think... CGI, so much CGI. Is oh, a ton. CGI. I will say, though, like... I, most of CGI I don't think is is bad. Like mm -hmm. it, it's decent, I think. There was a couple of shots I remember of like seeing like like some of the um underwater action scenes. Like there's definitely a couple of shots of like Mara where I'm like I thought her figure underwater looked a little weird. Like maybe they just took a scan of her body and then just like totally did like a CG animation with it. Like I wasn't sure exactly how they did some of that, but there there was a few scenes like that where I'm like, oh, maybe this looks slightly off, but nothing that ever like took me out of the movie. Like you know the bad CGI babies in the Flash or anything like that. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the effects weren't bad, and the, I I think that's one thing you can say about these Aquaman movies is like. There's a, is an impressive amount of like visual things going on, mm -hmm. but to me, I'm just like because I'm not really invested in the characters or the story. To me, all that kind of stuff is just kind of like uh, uh, noise, and it just it's kind of forgettable. And I'm just like, okay, can we get on with it? Right. So I think my official recommendation would be just to skip this movie altogether and not watch it. Um, right. But I will say a caveat is 
because I know the first Aquaman movie does have its fans. And I, I would say, like, if you like the first Aquaman movie, then I would recommend this because I don't think it's any, to me, like, any worse than the first Aquaman movie. To me, the problems I had with this movie are the same problems I had with Aquaman 1. So I think if you liked Aquaman 1, like, I think you are going to enjoy this, you know? Yeah, I can uh, see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as... <sighs> The acting, like, man, I don't know. Like, Jason Momoa is, like, such an over-the-top character that, like, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. What do you think of it? Like, just the perform his performance. I mean, I think he's a charming guy, you know? Like, uh, his personality is just fun. He's like a dude bro, I guess. Uh, and they really play on that in this movie, oh, both movies. Um and it's it's fine, you know. It's nothing, you know. He doesn't grab you with his performance or anything like that. So, you know, a lot of people were speculating because uh, of all the drama around Amber Heard. Like, were they going to cut her out of this movie? Like, I'll say she's not in it a lot, but she's in it like enough. Like, she makes her presence known, I guess. But like, yeah. yeah. But like, they definitely focus the story on him and his brother, uh, once again played by Patrick Wilson. Yeah. And like, I think like you kind of alluded to. I think that's probably. As far as the characters in this movie, that their relationship is probably like the strongest part of this movie. Like mm -hmm. they're back and forth, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's, uh, and we'll get to it in the spoilers. There is some ridiculous uh, things that happen in this movie. Oh, and AJ, once again, my eagle eye. I don't know if you you caught this, but I caught a uh, a little Easter egg uh, in this movie. Um, that I suspect, and I don't know if you'll agree, I suspect that Guinness may have sponsored this movie. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you picked up on that or not. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. There was like three like blatant like Guinness uh, spots in this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny to me. But uh, hey, these movies are expensive. And this uh, movie is not making its money back, I don't believe. I think it's doing pretty... <laughs> pretty poorly yeah they didn't even market it really yeah hopefully they save money on marketing but I, I i think it's doing like a little better overseas than it is in the states but still like not great like right. but, so like I'm, I'm guessing they're gonna lose money on this one as well which isn't surprising i think everybody kind of suspected that you know going into this but um but yeah it it was still, like I said, I think I liked it better. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I liked it better than the Marvels, mm -hmm. which is surprising. Like, if you would have told me earlier this year between the Marvels and Aquaman that I would have liked Aquaman more, uh, like, I would not have believed you. But here we are. And I, I do think it was a little bit better. And also, yeah. like, as far as DC movies, I think I liked this better. Well, I for sure liked it better than The Flash, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. But still, it's, it's nothing that I'm ever going to revisit. It's just kind of one of those movies you watch it and then you forget it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, DC's done with this storyline anyway, so. Yeah, it's that's another thing that hurt this movie. I think is that people are just like, well, this is the end of the line. It's not, you know, it's not leading to anywhere, and yeah. it's not culminating. It's not paying off like any, you know, it's not like Infinity War, like it, where it's like paying off these years of setup or anything. It's just another movie, so yeah. there's no excitement going into it. And plus, everybody knows that this movie, like, was recut, like, a million times and liked it. I think a lot of people just didn't like 
I don't know if this is like a, a real like issue, but I know a lot of guys didn't like the fact that Amber Heard was in this movie. And I, I'm, I don't know. Like she didn't seem that important to the plot. You know, I mean, maybe they could have cut her out and possibly gotten some of those people to come watch the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like I didn't care at all. I didn't follow that Johnny Depp trial. Like a lot of people did. And I'm just like, yeah. like whatever, like it's one, one more Aquaman movie who really cares. But yeah, I, she's, she's not in it like a substantial. Right. I did look for the floating turd somewhere in the background, but there was never there. <laughs> didn't see that. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> that's, that would have saved this to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice little Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, AJ, do you get uh, anything else you want to mention before we get a little deeper into spoiler territory? Let's get into it. All right, guys, we're going to do uh, spoilers ahead from this point on, and then at the very end, we'll give our uh, official 1 out of 10 scores for Aquaman. Uh, now, AJ, i got to say, I was surprised. So I saw this movie actually on Christmas Day. I went to a matinee, and I, I was thinking, like, there would be nobody in there, but there was actually, like, a decent amount of people in my screening. I was like... Wow, this is a it seems weird, you know, that anybody would be here, but uh, yeah, still, that is surprising. Still, the movie we, we kind of had to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and still, the movie did not do too well. But um, right, um, okay, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So AJ, I also made these notes after I watched the movie, and so now it's been like almost a week. So like, you might have to help me fill in some things. I don't even know if I'll understand all these, but um, I wrote: We open on pirates taking over a cargo ship. Um, Arthur shows up and easily beats them. And basically he's tell narr- narrating this story of what happened to his newborn son. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. So this is a, I don't know if this has been substantiated by anybody, but it was a rumor that there was a cut of this movie. They did where this baby was actually sacrificed and died. And like test screenings, like, hated it said it was like too dark so they changed it now i don't know if that's actually true but like i kind of agree that for a movie like this that would have been too dark (laughs) so i think they made i think they made the right choice if that was the case and they they went back on that Um, but anyway he's like telling his newborn son like they beat up all these pirates um and so we get a recap of as he's narrating of the first aquaman where arthur became king uh, we find out that he has since married uh, Mara, or maybe he married her at the end of the first movie. I, I didn't revisit the first movie, so I can't remember exactly. But in the mm. intervening years, uh, they had a son. Um, so now we kind of get this montage of him like struggling to take care of his son. We get they get this recording bit where he keeps changing the kid's diaper and he keeps getting pee in his face, and I'm like, okay, okay, that's the level of the yeah. film we're dealing with here. Um, We also, in this montage, like, he's doing, like, his kingly duties. He's having, uh, going to all these, like, you know, king meetings and stuff. And he's, like, falling asleep. And he's, like, he basically hates his job as king because it's not fun. And it's just all these kind of things he has to do but doesn't really want to. Um, (laughs) Now, this I found uh, a little weird. Like, Like, I kind of question the government of Atlantis because he calls himself a king. So you would think he'd almost have like authoritarian, like almost do what he wants powers, but no, he yeah. complains because he has to clear everything with like this Atlantean like parliament committee. And I'm like, are you a king? Or are you not a king? Like it, it seems like you're more of like a president who has to deal with Congress. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't seem like yeah, a true. <laughs> I think I, like in like in. European history, like the king still had to deal with lords and other stuff. Like there were still those kinds of like 
you know, different houses that he had to like work with. So I mean, I I, I kind of think there's some sort of realistic, you know, politics there. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I wrote. We find out that this movie is brought to us by Guinness, as he and his uh, dad. I I just instead of his dad, I just put Boba Fett because it's the guy that plays Boba. <laughs> right. <laughs> so him and Boba Fett have a conversation um, about how um, uh, Boba Fett tells him that uh, he um, basically should give his son a sibling. And that he regrets not giving Arthur a sibling. And Arthur is like, well, you know, I I met my brother and he, he ended up being a total dick, you know, kind of foreshadowing the whole, like, this movie will be about him and Orm's relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, so Arthur notices that his son has is communicating with the goldfish in the room. So, like, he's like, oh, he actually has my um, telepathic abilities. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks that's uh, really cool. Okay, yeah, it gets so, really weird. Like it's almost like AI generated like uh, talk between him and his kid. Like he's like, "That's so cool." This and that. It just didn't seem like I don't know. It just felt like weird dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. There, there is some weird dialogue in this movie. Uh, yeah, because I remember that scene specifically. He was like, "Oh, you got my." It, it seemed like it was very like uh, God. I. I do remember thinking it was very weird language that he used because he was all talking about it in a way just like, yeah, we know you're Aquaman. Like, it seems right, like you're yeah. exposition to people who don't know anything about Aquaman or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so we transition to a sheet of the ice melting in the Arctic and we get the uh, the title of the movie and everything. And weirdly enough, like the climate change will play a large part. uh of the plot of this movie, yeah. um, oddly enough. Okay, so in the Arctic, or maybe it's the Antarctic, I don't remember, uh, Black Manta is there trying to find some Atlantean tech to fix his power suit that I guess was messed up in the first movie. Like, you mm. know, the huge, like, visor and, and suit and everything. So Dr. Shin, played by Randall Park, who I, I remember he was in the first movie, um, but I don't, like, I think he played a very small part in the first movie, but he's going to have a... He's going to be all over this movie. He plays uh, that typical scientist role who's very, you know, he's helping, but he's, he's against his will sort of thing. Right, yeah. I don't remember him from the first movie. I didn't know he was in there. He was in it. He he didn't play a large part. And I think he actually might have been a part of, like, the, like, mid-credit uh, stink, like scene or something where it was, like, basically saying that he would play a bigger part in this movie. So Okay, uh, so Dr. Shin drives a snow vehicle, uh, like with tank treads, out on some ice to meet another scientist. Uh, but then a rift breaks in the ice, and uh, the snow, them and the snow vehicle, fall in this huge, like, ravine. Um, the other scientist breaks his leg, and then a giant tentacle, uh, like, comes out, grabs that guy, and pulls him away. Uh, so Shin presses a button on the snow vehicle that basically um, sends a... Thing to Manta and his people, like his location and, and like mm-hmm. like a emergency like beacon or whatever. These, these guys have all the technology. Like this movie, there's so much incredible technology that you think they just solve all their problems using that. <laughs> it's it's true because yeah, eventually they're gonna be. He's gonna propose that like, oh, we should combine our tech with the surface people's tech to solve climate change. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, you guys got us beat. I think whatever we have. <laughs> 
your technology <laughs> is way above ours somehow. So you probably yeah. don't need our help. You can probably just solve climate change on your own if you want to. Sure. <laughs> um, so Manta and his crew show up and they go deeper into this ice cave. Uh, we see that there's a bunch of uh, creatures frozen in the ice. And Shin says that the only reason that they are in there is because of climate change. He's like, basically, this would have been all solid ice, but because of climate change, it's been melting the inside of this, and that's how we're able to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Manta finds a lake within the ice cave, and he wants to dive down uh, deeper into it. Uh, so they all put on scuba suits, and they dive down, and they basically find this ancient civilization. Um, as Dr. Shin sees a body frozen in the ice, that tentacle monster shows up, and it kills almost everybody besides Dr. Shin and Manta. It is like knock Manta down to the floor. Um, so Manta sees this black trident uh, broken in pieces on the floor. Yeah. And my thought is like, why is his first thought is like, I'm going to go like pick up the this broken thing and try to put it together. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, was he trying to find a weapon to maybe fight off the tentacle monster? Is that what they're going for? But even then, like, Sticking it together wouldn't, like, you wouldn't think it'd fuse. Right. That's another thing <laughs> that bothered me in this movie. Because, so, yeah, basically what happens is he puts this together. And when it does, his eyes turn green. And I wrote, he gets a message from Conehead Skeleton Man, who tells him that if he frees him, he will help fulfill his goal, uh, which is killing Arthur and getting revenge uh, for his dad from the first movie. So, but yeah, there's several points at this in this movie where like Manta will be fighting with like the two pieces of the uh, thing, like it'll be broken and he'll be, but he'll be like using both pieces, and then he'll just <laughs> like put it together and use it as one big piece. And I'm like, how does this work? Like, why? How does it like magically like fusing together and coming apart and fu- you know what I mean? And also like, it seems like it worked when he fused it together. That's how he got his powers. Like, taking it apart doesn't take them away. Like, <laughs> what's the point of fusing it then? <laughs> well, and I was, con- like, I- that's the other thing I wasn't sure. Because, like, his eyes turn green and all that. But I'm like, does he actually get superpowers um, from the the trident being together? Or or does it just give him a vision? Like, I wasn't completely sure. They said that he had powers even without his suit. So I think the trident, like... Whatever it was, it gave him powers. Oh, you're right, because later on in the movie, like, he punches Orm, like, super hard. Like, so, yeah, it does give him power. So, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things. That, and there's a point uh, that we'll get to where Dr. Shin puts it together and sees the, the vision, as does Orm. And they don't seem to get those extra superpowers. You know what I mean? So, right. it's very yeah. inconsistent. It's very selective. But anyway, he does that. And we cut to a whole five months later where a news broadcast tells us that the temperatures around the globe are heating up and causing extreme weather event. Um, due to this, Mara tells Arthur that he needs to meet with that Atlantean council that he's always having problems. Uh, so like we referenced before, Arthur tells this council that they should reveal themselves to the surface world so they can combine their technologies and solve climate change. Um, but I wrote, I wrote the lead bitch in charge <laughs> says that the only way she'll approve reveal uh, prove revealing themselves if it is if they destroy the surface world so she's very hitlery yeah. this like lead opposition lady she's yeah. just like no if like the only way we'll show them ourselves is if we kill them all and it's like a weird like rivalry they have with the surface world the surface world doesn't even know they exist and you know like 
even Aquaman mentions that at some point. He's like, what is this? Like, if they knew about us, and they probably wouldn't be doing the, you know, the right. pollution and all right. this stuff they're doing. But you guys are keeping it a secret, so obviously they're not going to take that into account. It was just weird, yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, Wakanda in the MCU, where they're, like, this really technologically advanced, like, society, but they're, like, trying to keep themselves hidden from the world. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Shin gives us some exposition about um, how he helped Manta retrofit a large ship and several submarines that they found, I guess, inside that ice cave. Um yeah. But they ru- all run on a rare substance called Now I couldn't remember the name of that substance. Is it or, it's like orichalcus or orichalcum or something like that? Yeah. I already <laughs> forgot. I think you're on to the close okay. enough. <laughs> I couldn't remember like which one. Yeah. Um and they're currently trying to steal the most heavily guarded stash of that which is in Atlantis. Um so they look they they take these subs and they get into like the storage facility in Atlantis. They're loading up this Ori Calcum, Calcus, whatever it is, but eventually they do trip the alarm. So Manta tells Shin to uncloak uh, their ship and help basically help blast them away out of Atlantis. Um, So Shin unleashes a sonic cannon, um, which will come into play a lot in this movie, which I don't even think it kills Atlanteans. It just like messes up their insides like, or something. And like, it just burns them or yeah. something. But it, anyway, like it messes them up enough to like go about their business. Um, um, so we get a scene where Nicole Kidman chases down some of the bad guys. on like, she's riding like a mechanical shark or something, which <laughs> to me, like one of the things about like Aquaman is like, he can talk to, the animals and like, so you would think like she could like people of Atlantis um, could almost like ride real sharks and things like that rather than mechanical ones. Yeah. I mean, we find out later they can genetically modify animals anyway, <laughs> but anyway, she, yeah, she's riding this mechanical shark, uh, but it's eventually taken out by that sonic cannon. Uh, Mara stops Manta's sub as he's trying to get away. Uh, but he ends up blasting her with his, you know, head rays and like hurts her pretty bad. And he's actually going to follow up and kill her. Uh, but that's when Arthur shows up and, and stops him. Um, so Manta kind of wants to fight and kill Arthur right there. But Shin tells him that they need to leave uh, right now um, because otherwise, like, they're not going to get away with that substance because, like, the Atlanteans right. are closing in on them. Um yeah. So to distract Arthur, Manta like um um endangers like this like I don't know what you call it, like water like subway or something, like knocks it off. <laughs> right. Like doesn't every can't everybody swim really fast down there? Like what <laughs> that's is that's what I was thinking, like, do they why that's true, they all can fast swim fast as hell. So why do they even need this transport? And like would it really even like if it crashed, would it crash hard enough to kill them like i don't know it just seemed weird to me yeah um so arthur catches up to manta's ship uh but he's hit with the sonic cannon and it slows him down enough for manta to and his ship to get away um so now arthur has a scene where he talks to both his mom and uh dolph lundgren i i don't remember his uh character's name right yeah um she tells him about the like again the ori calcum whatever it is 
and about how it's causing uh, this spike in global warming and about how the rest of it has already been stolen from other uh, facilities over the past five months. So like that, that's the reason they skip five months forward is because like, apparently like all these other stashes have been hit, they've been stolen and they've been used and that's yeah. what's causing the, the, the global warming. Um, but my yeah. thing is, is like they brought up a computer thing that like brought up where all these stash houses are. And Nicole Kidman's like, Oh, see, they've been emptied. But my thing is, like, if they knew that, like, why haven't they been trying to, like, fortify those other, like, stashes, like, around the globe? Or, you know, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they would have at least had somebody protecting them to, like, a scout, somebody to let them know that they're being, you know, invaded or whatever. Like, it, yeah. it's weird, yeah. Because they keep track of them, obviously. <laughs> um, so Arthur thinks it's best. <laughs> he thinks his best bet is to break Orm, his brother, out of prison, since Orm worked with Manta in the past and might know how to find him. And I was like, that seems that, that seems thin. like a dodgy plan. Yeah, that seems like a very thin explanation to why it would be good to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like I don't know how much he worked with Manta in the past. They don't explain that much. They don't really go into it. Just in it. the first movie. All I remember is he gave Manta his suit. Yeah, it was a very, like... <laughs> A part of me thinks, like, you probably had better options than this brother that, like, went all Hitlery in the first movie that you, you can't trust. Yeah. That's the other thing about these movies when villains have, like, turned good is sometimes when you really think about what they were trying to accomplish in the first place, you're like, okay, his brother was basically trying to commit genocide on the entire surface world. And then this movie, yeah. we're just like, ah, he's okay. Look, he's coming around. <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> He's got right, a good heart. Right, right. <laughs> um, so they tell Arthur um, it's important that he can't be seen breaking Orm out of uh, the Desert Kingdom's prison, or it will cause like an international incident. Um, now, I vaguely remember them going to the desert in the first movie, and there being like this desert place. But for the life of me, like I, I can't remember why they would have sent Orm to a prison there instead of just holding him in Atlantis in a prison. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh, but anyway, because he, he can't be seen, he, he get he puts on this uh, suit that allows him to be like temporarily invisible. And he also gets help from an octopus uh, that will like basically open prison, like squeeze into places he can't get to and open doors for him. That kind of thing. Yeah, this is a weird situation here because the dude lives in the ocean around all these sea creatures, and for some reason he's weirded out by the octopus. Him and his brother, like I don't understand it. You talk to animals, you talk to sea creatures, like that's your, those are your people. Like, why is this octopus such a weird character to you? That's true. Like he, he seems like so angry at this octopus and like, oh god, I got to bring the like he keeps like fighting with him, and they they do like the stupid thing where he. He gets like peed in the face by the octopus too, and, and yeah, it's just like it's so I'm weird. like this guy regularly talks to sea creatures, like and, and right. generally in the comics at least, like really loves them, you know, and like so it's like yeah, yeah why does he have such a tumultuous relationship with this one particular <laughs> octopus? It doesn't really make sense. Now yeah. on the plus side, on the music side, AJ, they do play that the guitar riff from uh, "Spirit in the Sky" by Norm Greenbaum here, so I'll give the movie some credit. All right. <laughs> Um, so he breaks out Orm, who is all emaciated from not getting enough water. 
Um, and they write, uh, they get on, like they beat some guys up and they get on these uh, desert creatures that are basically, I guess, like large, like almost scorpion type creatures or something. And they ride them to the surface, yeah. getting chased by the bad guys. <laughs> okay, so they get to the surface and they can like see the ocean in the background. So Orm, he starts going uh, for that. And then um, uh, Arthur, he, he uh, goes invisible again and starts like fighting with the bad guys. So I thought this was funny. So in prison, Orm, he has what's clearly like a CGI body that looks all like emaciated and skinny. But, but as yeah. soon as he barely touches water, he he transforms into this six pack, like buff, like dude. And I'm like, that's the way water works on these guys is it can transform them instantly yeah. from skinny nobodies to like muscular, like hunks. It really gets me pores. <laughs> My man had a Steve Rogers transformation. In, like, That's exactly seconds. what it was. He had the, the Steve Rogers body, and then it was like the super serum, like, you know, all jacked up body. Do you, do you love the way, like, he, he did all that escaping, all that fighting and everything, and then when he gets to the water, he gets just shy of, like, where the water actually is and drops down, and then the water has to, like... Right. You know, yeah, it goes over the top of and, like, catch up to him. Like, right before he gets injured, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is such a... Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, I wrote, he magically transforms into He-Man, and that allows him and Arthur to easily beat the bad guys, who I wrote almost certainly s saw Arthur, because I don't think he was invisible for that whole fight. Like, it seemed like he... Yeah, it seems like he was going in and out of the invisibility thing. So, I'm like, I really think somebody would have seen him. And plus... They could definitely yeah. see that they escaped into the ocean. So it's like, of course, it was like, you know, an Atlantean who busted them out at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know exactly where this took place. But at some point, Shin witnesses Manta talking to himself while holding the trident. Um, and now at Manta's jungle hideout, where they refine that Ori Calcum, he asks if he can leave. And Manta tells him, sure, if he thinks he can survive the jungle. Um, so he decides to stay and they actually have a couple scenes where like, you can tell like Shin is becoming like very like wary. Like he can see that Manta's is like becoming a psychopath, but he's too scared to really do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so Orm takes Arthur to a source of his in an underwater pirate bay. Um, and Arthur is hated by pirates. So they put him in chains. Um, oh, I noted this. Underwater creatures still drink bottles of booze somehow. Did you notice that? Yeah. So how how does that work? <laughs> no, it was nonsense. Like because they have like this whole like almost like underwater casino, and and but yeah. you see characters like buying like these bottles of booze, and like somehow even though they're all in water, they can like open these and like drink booze out of them. And I'm like, how does this work? It's nonsense. I don't know how anything works down there. They don't show any manufacturing going on. I mean, do they do they ever show like how they got their science to like actually how they built it, how they work it, them using a computer down there? Like how do they do it? They never do that. No, that's <laughs> that's the other thing is yeah, you're right. Like they're using electronic equipment at points and it's like like I don't know how this like it'd be <laughs> one thing if like, you know, they had like houses that didn't have water in them like buildings that didn't have water in them. And that's where they conducted most of their business. Right. And then as soon as they go into the water, like they, the gills come out and, or whatever, you know, 
And honestly, yeah. I think that would have been a better idea for these movies. But I think they mm-hmm. kind of wanted, they really wanted to do like the, oh, see everybody's hair like moving in the water, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Orm's source is called Kingfish, uh, voiced by Martin Short, of all people. He somehow got roped into this. Um, and I wrote, he is 100% underwater job of the hut. Like, like oh, yeah. they didn't even try, like blatantly, this is underwater job of the hut. Yeah. All I could think of was he Johnny. looks like him. He has like the slave girls all alongside him. Like they didn't even try here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Orm tells Kingfish that if he um, tells them where Manta is, that he will get a favor from Atlantis. And Arthur like is like, no, I don't agree to that. He refuses. So they get into this other mindless action scene, which this movie is full of. They, they fight. Arthur and Orm easily beat them. And then... He basically ends up putting this fish tank bowl over Kingfish's head and um, yeah. like fills it with oxygen. So he's basically like, like suffocating him, torturing him. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, that seems convenient that those like, honestly, why would they have need of of like diving equipment like that? If like oxygen tanks, right. and, like they live underwater, like they don't need those things. Yeah. So Again, another kind of nonsensical thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Kingfish gives up the un- information that Manta is somewhere in the South Pacific. He's got this jungle hideout. So, um, as you mentioned, they can swim very fast. So Arthur and Orm swim mm-hmm. insanely fast all the way to the South Pacific to this jungle island, uh, which holds Manta's base. Um, and they can tell, like, um, so this is where they refine that Ori calcum whatever and it like billows like green smoke out the top and like so they're like oh yeah we're in the right place um arthur tells the octopus that he fights with to go get reinforcements from atlantis so it goes back in the ocean um at some point dr shin finds the broken trident and puts it together getting the visions that manta got manta shows up and threatens shin's life if he interferes again and so again this was the thing why like you know why does why is the trident able to uh, fuse back and forth and like why didn't Shin get any powers like Manta did for, right, for seeing yeah. this vision <clears throat> so Arthur and uh, Orm are contentious with each other on this island but they inevitably keep getting in these situations where like they're bonding with each other so it's like they fight but then something happens and they bond um, Yeah. at one point uh, Arthur gets Orm to eat a cockroach and like the joke is that he ends up like he likes it, he enjoys it. Yeah. I wrote, okay, this I didn't understand at all. For some reason, the Ori Calcum has caused the flora and fauna on the island to grow huge. So they like come upon this like huge dead rat, and there's like giant like insects like eating on it. And I'm like, why? Why does this stuff? that causes global warming and is like a fuel supply. Why does it randomly cause plants and animals to grow huge? There's no real explanation in this movie. There's just a line that was brought up earlier by the scientist who said, this can change the, uh, the, the whole world. Like it can alter the whole world or whatever. Like, but that's still not really, <laughs> you know, explaining what it's doing. It's, it was basically yeah. just an excuse for like another action scene. So they end yeah. up getting chased by a bunch of giant bugs um oh i thought this was stupid there's a scene where like orm is like running all weird with like his arms behind his back 
And and Arthur's oh, like, yeah. what are you doing? And he's like, you've never ran on land before. He's like, you pump your arms. And then he like, so he like starts pumping his arms like, and, and he's like, oh, this is great. But I'm like, wouldn't he just naturally figure it out? I'm like, it seems so stupid. Babies do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this was a scene from the trailer, actually. Uh, eventually, Arthur tips. They, they, he fi- finds a statue. And on the statue, it says, like, real kings build bridges or something like that. And he ends up tipping the statue over this ravine and builds, a, you know, a bridge. Uh, so they go to yeah. the other side. And then um, all the bugs are coming across it and like they shove it down and like the last bug because the bugs can fly like flies and arthur just like punches that one but i'm like if these bugs can fly why didn't they just fly to the side where they are anyway like why did they all fall down the ravine like it seems like they could have jumped or flew far enough to get to them anyway you're right i didn't (laughs) think about that (laughs) this is definitely a movie that nobody should think about this much (laughs) Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so Orm and Arthur make it to the base, and we get this scene where they're like running to the control room, and they're just like easily just like punching out bad guys along the way, like no problem. This is uh, this is weird to me because all the bad guys are wearing like these huge metal dome type helmets, and like still they're getting bonked on the head and they're passing out. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Well, I think <laughs> Arthur and Orm do have, like, superhuman strength. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I guess it's just such a concussive force that it, like, hurts them. Yeah. Um. So, Dr. Shin shows up in the control room. And at first, he pretends to threaten them. But then once the door's shut, he's like, okay, I'm on your side. Uh, Ma- Manta is possessed by this weird thing. And he wants to stop them. And they talk for a little bit, but then like this huge explosion uh, knocks Orm and Arthur out of the control room and it knocks out Shin, who the bad guys like pick up, um, although they don't know that he's like turning on them. Um, so they beat up a bu- again, another kind of mindless action scene. They beat up a bunch of bad guys. Um, eventually, um, so Manta has like um, one of his henchmen, like primary henchmen is this Asian lady. And apparently, I found this on mm-hmm. uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Her character's name is Stingray. I don't think they ever say that in the movie. But nope. eventually, no. she shows up in an octopus sub and, and gives them a slightly bigger challenge. Uh, but they end up, like, uh, basically tying a chain, like, around the legs of the octopus, and they knock her over. Um, so now Manta shows up, and uh, Orm thinks he can easily beat him since he doesn't have his power suit. And so this is what you referenced earlier. Uh, Manta punches him and like really hard knocks him backwards. So he's like, oh, like something is different here. So, so yeah, he must have got powers from that trident, but uh, nobody else yeah. does. Uh, so Manta then fights Arthur uh, with the broken trident. And I, I wrote, which he can seemingly connect and disconnect at will because, yeah, he'll sometimes be fighting with two parts of it, you know, with the broken, and then he'll fuse it together and use it that way. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, Orm grabs the trident and he gets the vision. But then he's blasted uh, by Manta's rays. Um, so Dolph Lundgren and the Atlantean reinforcements show up. And they basically just start shooting a bunch of missiles to blow up the facility. But a part of me is like, mm. okay, I know that's their goal. But, like, Arthur is their king. And they know that he's probably inside that refinery. So, well, because the octopus communicated with them, right? So you would think yeah. they would maybe go, 
okay, let's uh, make sure Arthur gets clear, and then we'll light the, this place up. They're like, nope, we're just going to blow it sky high. And if our king is in there, well, he took one for the team. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they actually ended up saving them because their timing was so That's perfect. That's true. <laughs> um, so Manta and the bad guys, along with Dr. Shin, escape. Arthur tries to pursue them, but a large rock lands on him and stops him. Until Mara shows up and uses her powers to remove the rock. So now we get a scene where Dolph Lundgren, Nicole Kidman, Arthur, Orm, and Mara have a conversation. Orm tells him about the vision of the Lost Kingdom uh, that was run by this king. I want to say his name was like Necris. Does that sound right? Yeah, that might have been the name of the kingdom. I'm not yeah, I can't sure. remember. Necron? Yeah, it's like one or the other, like... Either the kingdom is Necros and the king is Necron or vice versa. Like, I, I, yeah. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, so the kingdom basically was run on the Ori Calcum, but it was ruining the planet. So at that time, the king of Atlantis pleaded with uh, Necron or Necros to stop. But instead, he somehow magically turned him and his people into monsters. And it's just like, it doesn't really... So apparently, like, there's just some straight up magic because... There's got to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there was any science. They got science. Yeah, I don't think there was any scientific basis to that. He just took his, like, trident, waved it, and he's like, okay, me and my people now are these powerful monsters. Um, So they all went to war with the Atlanteans. Atlantis won, won the war, and the king of Atlantis used blood magic to freeze uh, Necris, slash Necron, whatever, and his people, uh, people forever in ice. So I think the blood magic freezes Necron forever, but as far as all his other people, they were frozen in ice and they just thought, oh, that would last forever. But now thanks to climate change, um, it's basically started freeing some of the lower level monsters, I guess. Yeah. Um, So um, they're like, well, if it was blood magic that sealed this guy in, basically um, only Arthur... Uh, Nicole Kidman and Mara are not Mara, Orm. So only Nicole Kidman, Arthur, and Orm have royal blood. But then they put it together. It's like, uh oh, no, there is somebody else who has royal blood, the baby. Mm. Um, so they put it together that Manta is going to be going, going after Arthur Jr. So sure enough, uh, we cut to Boba Fett um, watching the news uh, with uh, he's taking care of uh, Arthur Jr. And the power goes out. So he goes to get a flashlight and Manta shows up with his glowing red eyes and he stabs, uh, stabs him. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to make sure you live long enough for Arthur to see you die. So the team shows up to the house and the house is on fire. Boba Fett's like holding his guts and he's like, you know, coming out and he falls to the ground and he tells them uh, that Manta took the baby. Now, I thought this was maybe some of the most like over dramatic acting in the movie. Everybody's basically just like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it actually kind of cuts. Like it does a cut there where I'm thinking the director was like, oh boy, this is a bit much. I'm just going to kind of cut around this. Like, cause it <laughs> probably gets worse. <laughs> um, so basically we cut right back and Boba Fett is being nursed back to health by Atlantean tech. So, like, a part of me is, like, this movie, like, they really didn't want anything too depressing, it seemed like. So, they're, like, because I feel like they could have let Boba Fett die. Like, 
but it's like no he's instantly just kind of brought back to life like there, there wasn't even a lot like i don't know it just seemed like this movie could have used some stakes and with him like a couple minutes after being stabbed like being brought back to life it was just like well if, if someone was going to be sacrificed in this movie like they probably could have sacrificed him but i don't know yeah um so the team plans to get the baby back um Nicole Kidman makes Orm and Arthur promise to get each other's back. Um, Arthur says he knows a way of co- combating the bad guy Sonic Cannon. Um, and Dolph Lundgren, okay, so because that's like they they make a big deal about that Sonic Cannon. Like, oh, we got to take out that Sonic Cannon. It's it's going to cause us troubles. Uh, we get a scene where Dolph Lundgren he's passing out guns to all his army, but then when Orm shows up, he only gives him an axe because he he doesn't like him. He doesn't trust him. Um, right. so we get a scene where Manta launches a missile into an ice sheet, uh, and this makes an entrance, uh, that he and Dr. Shin can, uh, take smaller crafts into the Lost Kingdom. And we see that the baby is on board with Dr. Shin. Um, so the bad guys, <laughs> this scene was so stupid, I thought. So the bad guys, they start charging up the sonic cannon on their, like, big ship, when all of a sudden, a bunch of whales show up. And they basically the whales start doing all their like whale calls at once. Yeah. And this somehow creates like a reverse like resonant frequency to the sonic cannon. And it causes the yeah. whole bad guy's ship to explode. I'm like, this this oh, yeah. is so stupid. Like this was their idea. <laughs> whale whales are gonna synchronize their whale calling and it's somehow gonna make a ship explode. I mean, whales are dangerous, apparently. Look, I don't know. I did hear that a humpback whale's uh, like sound or whatever, it can, it can burst your eardrums and possibly kill you if you're close enough to it. But uh, I don't know how that science applies to a giant ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was very stupid. But uh, So the team, they make it to the Lost Kingdom. Um, at some point, Orm saves Dolph Lundgren um, after pretending that he won't. Um, like Dolph Lundgren, like the tentacle monster grabs onto him and Orm, like at first he's like not going to save him, but of course he comes around and he saves him, chops off the tentacle. And so now Dolph Lundgren trusts yeah. him enough to give him a gun. Um, so now, um, Manta, he's taking the baby to the altar where he's going to like stab him and get his blood. Uh, but here Dr. Shin, Shin finally betrays Manta and gives him a bag of explosives rather than, uh, the baby. And like, the explosives, yeah. they, they blow up, but they don't kill Manta. They just kind of knock him down. So Manta survives, and he ends mm-hmm. up um, tasing Shin and taking the baby. Um, so as Manta is about to kill the baby, uh, the baby uses his, you know, uh, power, his, I don't know what you want to call it, telekinesis uh, or whatever, um, to basically call to Arthur and let him know where he is. So then Arthur shows up mm-hmm. in the nick of time and saves him. Um, so they fight. I think Manta gets the upper hand until Orm and Mara show up to help. Mara takes the baby to safety, and then Orm and Arthur uh, stop Manta. Uh, but in the process, um, Orm gets the black trident and is possessed. Um, he So he gets in a fight with Arthur. Like I think he like punches him, and Arthur like bleeds from his mouth. So this is enough. Now that there's royal blood on the altar, it starts waking up uh, Necron. Um, so Orm and Arthur have a tug of war with the trident. Um, 
but basically, eventually, Arthur convinces Orm to snap out of it and be a good guy and give him the trident. Um, Arthur throws mm-hmm. the black trident at Necron, uh, but he catches it. And at that point, I was so, like, kind of tired of this movie that I'm like, oh, it's not just, it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was like, kill him. Uh, but luckily, it doesn't <laughs> last too much longer. So now Orm throws Arthur right. his trident. And I thought this was stupid, too. He uses it to shatter the black trident, basically like uh, like one of Robin Hood's arrows. You know how like Robin Hood like right. basically shoots an arrow into another arrow. He's able to do this, throw the trident just perfectly, and and like and like br- shatter the other trident and like go all the way into Necron and kill him. Which I'm like, yeah, okay. He, Arthur Arthur must be pretty tough to like shatter metal with another piece of metal. And he, he, he's got to be really on point with this throw, too, to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he even got the prongs right. Yes, yes. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So this causes Necron and the whole place to explode, and the team narrowly escapes, but they do. Uh, back on land, Arthur tells Orm that he will say he died in battle so that he can be free and not have to go back to the desert prison. Um, yeah. So Arthur holds a press conference where he reveals Atlantis to the surface world and he agrees to share their technology and save the world. And basically you get this whole kumbaya of the whole world watching this on television screens and and everybody ends happily. Yeah. They're, they're off to solve climate change and save the world. And then we do get a mid-credit stinger. Oh, and I should say that, so on the island, um, Orm and um, Arthur had this conversation where, like, Ar- Arthur was like, you're so close-minded. Like, have you even, like, experienced the surf world- surface world? Like, have you ever had a, a cheeseburger with a with a glass of Guinness? Like, they got another Guinness line in yeah. there. And he's yeah. like, you're missing out on all this. So now we get a scene with Orm enjoying his cheeseburger. And what does he see uh, at this apparently dirty restaurant is a cockroach comes up. He takes the cockroach, puts it in the sandwich, takes a bite, and and that's that's how we end mm. things. Um, so again, a lot of really stupid things in this movie, but overall, I got like I <laughs> we're tearing it down so much and for good reason. But then I'm like, you know what? Still liked it better than the Marvels. I did. I just by far. There's yeah. a, like I think you said kind of like some of the banter between him and his brother uh, works, and uh, like the effects aren't bad it just to me it's like it gets uh, just like the first one a little bit of action overload i I definitely got a little tired and a little bored by the time it was over um yeah and like there are there's stupid things in it but i don't know for some reason i didn't find the writing to be as annoying as it was in the marvels i don't know maybe i'm biased i don't know no i agree i agree the marvels are just so bland and there was just it seems so it didn't really touch anything like emotionally this one at least kind of you know there was some stakes involved there was a relationship that you kind of cared about it was a little bit better um again i'm not going to rate this movie very high i still think it's 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 not good but aj i'll go to you first what are you going to rate this on a scale of uh one to ten i mean i think i gave the marvels like a three so i'll give this a five yeah i think i also gave the marvels a three i'm going to give this one a four um I will say, I think when we did our Flash review, I might have given the Flash 
a five, which now thinking back, I'm like, I would lower the flashes. <laughs> like the more I think about that yeah. movie, the more it annoys me. And I'm like, at the time, I think I was a little too kind to it. I, I would actually probably lower the flash to probably like a three. The more I think about it, I'm like, man, there was a lot of just horrendous stuff in the flash. that was really, that CGI was amateur. Oh my God. Man. So was, bad. It was not a finished movie. So bad. Yeah. But I mean, even with the flash, like even if the CGI was on point, the movie would still suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I still, I don't really endorse this movie. Like, it's not great. I'm, I'm glad we're getting, you know, for the most part, a, a clean slate now. And, and I'm looking forward to what James Gunn does going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad this is in the rear view. You know what I mean? Me I'm, I'm ready for a, a fresh start to the DCU. I do kind of wonder, like, you know, all the announcements that James Gunn made as far as, like, DC movies and TV shows, I do, I do wonder, like, how... If they'll stick to all those or if eventually they'll be like, oh, no, we're not going to make the show about Wonder Woman's mom or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, there's always changes. You know, you see it with Marvel. It makes sense that they would make have some changes in the future. Like everything's kind of up for changes if, as you see, like how the fans react to your past projects and what they might be interested in. So it makes sense that they would evolve and adapt. Yeah, go, actually going into 2024, I think the only DC thing we might get in 2024, and I don't think they've, com- I don't know if they've confirmed, but uh, we might get Creature Commandos, the animated series, which is something I'll watch, but I'm not excited about. I don't know about you. I've never even heard of it, so that's neither. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm not familiar with those characters either. I've never read a Creature Commandos comic book because even the comic books I think are pretty obscure. Which you know, mm-hmm. James Gunn definitely has an affinity for like the obscure characters. Mm-hmm. I guess that's maybe one of my fears is that like, you know, maybe he'll play almost a little too much uh, uh, with the obscure characters and like not, you know, give enough uh, to the main characters. But uh, I'm going to withhold judgment, though, till we because like they announced like that Superman movie is going to have a lot of like, you know, characters in it, like Mr. Terrific uh, and um uh I think Hot Girl and Metamorpho and kind of all these. And I think maybe somebody from The Authority. And um, uh, so I'm like, seems like there's a lot of weird characters for a Superman movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so is this going to be like a, a new version of the DCEU? Like where they they try to tell like one big story or? I think so. Yeah, I think they're going to um, have it a shared connected universe and just like Marvel and try to tell you know, one giant story. Little, It's a little nervous to have all those characters in the first movie that comes out. You know, uh, that that's not the way Marvel did it, and Marvel did it pretty well at the beginning. Um, I don't know. Let's see how it works out, I guess. You know what? Now that we've gotten more of TV shows on the Marvel side of things, I'm starting to wonder if it's even a good idea to have the TV and movie projects in the same universe. I think it actually hasn't worked very well for Marvel. Like, I don't know. I almost wonder if it'd be better if like, you know, I definitely, I like having TV shows, like some of the CW shows, uh, you know, were good and some weren't, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I get, I guess Marvel just hasn't totally sold me. They've had so many TV projects that haven't worked. that a part of me is like wondering if they should keep going in this direction that they're going. I mean, I'm willing to give them a chance. I know that they uh, they did a really bad job of like formatting these shows and like 
you know, structuring them yeah. properly. So, you know, we've seen a couple good ones, Loki and Wanda. So, I mean, hopefully they put a better effort into the future pro- you know, programs and maybe they can change our minds. I don't know. Speaking of, I think the Echo Show is dropping relatively quickly. Forget, I forget the exact date it's coming out, but I think it's soon. Uh, okay. So we might be uh, reviewing that. Uh, but that'll be in the future. Um, AJ, any any final uh, thoughts on Aquaman or the superhero universes before we sign off today? Uh, it's going to be a pretty dry year in 2024. So uh, it kind of sucks, but it's kind of a good thing, I guess. You know, I hope they're working on better projects, getting it right, you know, refining the process. Yeah, it really is because like yeah, the majority of the superhero stuff this year is the Sony movies, which I'm not interested in any of those. Um, Marvel, right. I think maybe only Deadpool three, which I'm definitely I'll, I'll watch that. Um, and yeah. then Echo and I don't know, maybe Marvel has another TV show lined up. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it'll be less superhero stuff in 2024. Yeah, but you know, maybe maybe we'll uh, be able to find some goodness in in other things like Dune and Furiosa and non superhero related. Uh, uh, movies and television right yeah uh but aj i think that's going to do it for us today uh everybody if you will please subscribe both to the youtube channel and in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice uh give us thumbs up positive reviews all that good stuff comments uh and if you will you, you can also follow me over on twitter slash x at zach jones live that's z-a-c-h-j-o-n-e-s-l-i-v-e And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.